0: Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. What we see in Acts chapter number 12, there is a context of church that we are not really familiar with um, based on our traditions and the, our backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We see a context of church that's called house church. Everybody shout house church. House church. House church. House church. And um, I want to speak to this because um, a, lot of ho- a lot of house churches um, are developing that's within right. the body of Christ. And um this is not an, a new concept. Th- this is this is rooted in this biblically grounded. First Corinthians 16:19. The Bible declares the churches of Asia saluted you, salute you, Aquila and Priscilla, salute you much in the Lord with the church, the church that's in where y'all. it's in their house. Colossians 4:15 says, salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphis and the church which is in it's in his house. Philemon, Paul writes, and he says, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Ophelia, our sister, and Archippus, um, our fellow soldier, and the church that's in, that's in your house. So this idea of house church is, is not new. It's biblically grounded. But what I want to do, I want to give you some historical context as well, as well as some theological applications when it comes to house church. Um, historically, the church did not start in, in the house. Of course, we know it started in the upper room, but when when the meetings begin to take place, they started in a general assembly, either a temple or a synagogue. Uh, bear with me. Acts chapter number 2, verses 46 declares, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their home. So what you see in Acts chapter number 2, you see the believers coming together in a big meeting place like this, but after the church, they go to Sister Washington, Mother Washington's house for some black bean burgers. <laughs> I got to have me some of them black bean burgers. I'm telling you. Yes. So w- one of the things that we fail to to realize, when, especially when we're studying the book of Acts, that the events that are happening is not like today, tomorrow, the next day. There's usually a span of time between events and and especially between certain chapters when we read. So we see the church meeting in a big place like this and then going home or going to each other's houses just for just common fellowship. But there's a shift that happens and we see that shift shift in chapter number five, verse number 42. And every day in the temple, somebody shall in the temple. So in the big meeting place like this and watch this from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is, is Jesus. So chapter number two, meeting big place at home. We just hang out, eat chicken wings. But by the time we get to chapter number five, verse number 42, not only is there preaching and teaching in the temple, there's also preaching and, ten- and teaching in the local house. Then there's another major shift by the time we get to chapter number nine. The Bible declares, but Paul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way men or women, he might bring them down to Jerusalem. So by the time we get to chapter number nine, there's no public worship. We ain't meeting in Jerusalem, uh, uh, in, in the synagogue. We're not meeting in the temples because they're trying to kill us. <laughs> so we're meeting in each other's houses. And not only is this a firm establishment of house churches, the churches literally have to go underground because they take persecution even, even further. Acts chapter number 8, verses number 1, and Saul approved of his execution, speaking of Stephen. And there arose on that day a great, somebody shout, great persecution. A great persec—that's not everybody. Everybody shout a great persecution. great persecution, great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentations over him. But Paul was ravaging the church, entering house after house. He dragged off men. So not only is there no public worship now, it's private house worship private house worship so again house church is becoming very very common in this particular day and time and that's kind of the historical context i want to give you some theology because um if you're going to do scriptural house church there's a way that you should do it and here's the scriptural context of it number one is consistent meetings consistent meetings so the church actually started out meeting every day i mean how, how'd y'all like to go to church every day yeah uh-huh it's kind of like what we're doing right now. We're going to church every day. <laughs> if you're following the 21 days of prayer, we're at church every day. Praise the Lord. So they started out every day, and then it transitioned to where they were meeting on Saturdays, following the, the, the Jewish traditions. And then they made the transition to Sundays, and you hear the Apostle Paul giving them instructions on the first day of the week. So the house churches were consistent. Number one, they were, it had biblical leadership structure. So you didn't just get mad and be like, I'm just going to start my own church. That's not the that's not the biblical model of a house church. It was an apostle who would establish a layer of apostolic leadership, um, Timothy and and Titus, and he would charge them to appoint leaders within the local house churches. So so there there was a there was a leadership structure model. You didn't just become a self-appointed pastor of a house church. You actually were called and then. Oh, that's so good. Called, then appointed. Uh, Number three, it was order of worship. So when you came together, you didn't just do whatever you wanted to do. No, there's a structure. There's a protocol of how we're going to engage worship. You do know that your blood functions better when it flows in your veins. And there is a certain structural flow that the Holy Spirit likes. And even when he demonstrates himself in a supernatural, a powerful way, there's a certain structure that he flowed in. Oh, God, I want to help somebody. Because when it, becomes, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, some of us think of this thing of just having liberty of doing whatever we want to do. And then, no, 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 there's, a, there's an order. There's an order. There's a structure that the Holy Spirit likes to flow through. And then finally, there's an interconnectedness of, of churches. So if you are one of the churches of Galatia, you actually consider yourself. As a part of the church that's meeting at the house of, so I'm not just this independent, isolated deal. So, so house church. Somebody shout it's biblically grounded. But what we're calling house church today looks more like this. This, this is this is what we call in house church, and for some of us, house church looks like this. Come on, man. Well, I'm just going to stay home today and watch it, Facebook Live. I'm, and for, for my Facebook Live, I love you guys so so very, very much um, because I realize we have a lot of members that actually work on Sunday. And I love it because I, I hear the testimonies of people who, who work with our members. And at 1030, 11 o'clock, they take breaks and they literally sit down and they watch our services. I, can we just bless the Lord for the members who do that? Yes. Yes. I have have a real good friend who doesn't do Facebook Live yet, so his son at college watches our services when he doesn't come home. I thank God for that. But when it comes to Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and social media, watch this. Facebook Live should be a supplement and not a substitute. It should be a supplement to my regular spiritual diet, and I shouldn't substitute it from coming to the house of God. Are y'all with me in this place? So so what, this, this this idea of house church that we're embracing today, where I just stay home and I watch it from a, a, a computer screen um, every Sunday, and again, there are occasions where this is a good thing when, when my wife and I we go out of town usually we try to find a local church and usually we do but if if we can't find a local church there then we'll sit down and we'll watch it from Facebook live or from the cameras and we'll we'll be in tune but that's not our regular people are doing this every week and and this is this is the issue this is the issue number one is isolated number two is often inconsistent and unstructured. So that, that means, watch this, watch, what 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 was the, the first worship song that you guys sung? Not the praise song, but the, the worship Bless song, the Blessed in the City. Yeah. What, no, it was the, the soft one after that one. Nobody, like you. nobody you like, like you, Lord. I'm talking about you watching, you in it, nobody like you. Y'all know I can't sing. Nobody like, no, oh, oh, oh. And right in you in it, you be like, oh, man, the grit's in there. I got to get them. So you got to leave your moment of worship to handle something within your house and come back in and try to tap back in into that same vein. Often inconsistent, unstructured, and then unaccountable. Now, I want to, I want to, watch this. How many of you guys got some um, weight loss or weight gain goals? Some some of you guys got weight gain goals. I want to gain five pounds of muscle this year. Some of y'all got weight loss goals, okay? Now, if, if your goals that you plan to accomplish by the end of, and I told you guys last year, my plans were to lose um, 10 pounds by the end of um, 2019. Uh, So in January, I was pleased to report I only had 15 pounds to go, so. (laughs) (laughs) If you plan to be at a particular level at the end of 2020, do you think you accomplish that if you did it in isolation? If you were inconsistent, if there was no structured program that you followed, and there was no accountability, where would your physical? Would you really think you would achieve your physical goals? Why do you think you can achieve spiritual goals being isolated, inconsistent, no structure, and no accountability? Is anybody with me in this place? So, 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 watch this. I could, I could just stay here for a moment and really. Highlight the fact that this is what the devil wants, because if you are a believer, the devil can't drag you out of heaven, but he wants to make you ineffective on the earth. That is his goal. Not to drag you out of heaven, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. When I close my eyes for the final time, I'm going to see Jesus because my salvation is not based on, based on works it's based on my faith. Are you with me in this place? So he can't drag me out of heaven So he wants to render me ineffective on the earth. So this is what he wants for the believer. He wants you to be isolated, inconsistent, unstructured, with no accountability. You are in a perfect spiritual place for the enemy. But I don't want to talk about the devil's perspective. I really want to talk about God's perspective because this is what God has to say. And and I want to be real sensitive, real, real sensitive, because the the scripture declares uh, Hebrews 1025 KJV, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. NIV, I like this, not giving up meeting together, watch this, as some are in the habit of doing. So even in in, in in this particular day, the day of the uh, the, the of the Hebrews, he noticed that it was becoming habitual that some people were stopping this this idea of coming together, and he's challenging challenging them through the scripture. Don't give this. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor, don't give this up. Don't this up. Don't, don't don't stop this. And there's every excuse in the world. I'm telling you. A, you know there are some people that treat Sunday like a second Saturday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if I didn't get to wash my car on Saturday, I'd do it on my second Saturday the next day. You, no, no, I, but for the believer, this is our time of corporate corporate worship. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 12, 14. The Bible declares, for the body does not consist of one member, but of what, y'all? Many. Many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing, if the whole body were an ear, where would would be the sense of smelling? And I I like what um, my brother, Brother Derek, said. Um, He started talking about the vision and, and some of the things that God has given me. So yesterday... It really was the fulfillment of a vision that God gave me of us walking the communities and praying for the houses and praying for people in the community. So I saw it, but I can't accomplish that by myself. So we had about 50 people that showed up yesterday morning. And how impactful would it have been had I only seen it and then tried to do it myself? I would have I would have taken all day trying to cover the ground of what fifty did in one hour. But as it is, God arranged the member in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it, as it is, there are many, somebody shall many members. There are many parts, yet one body that I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need it. Yeah, you, need it. you need it. You are needed. Now, this is what you need to understand about this particular text in 1 Corinthians. Paul is not speaking to the body of Christ. But the context of his letter is the local church body. So when he talks about the eye, the hand, the foot and all the other body parts, he's not talking about the general body of Christ of how we connect and we influence the world. He's literally talking about the local church body. So watch this. The eye is not just in Gulfport in the ear is is in Biloxi and the hand is in Jackson. No, he's talking about there's an eye. At 11924 Klein Road. And I've ordained ears to be at 11924 mm-hmm. Klein Road. And there are feet that are ordained to be here. And there, there, there are ankles that are ordained to be in this particular house. And we work better when we work. Yeah. 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 So the question could be posed why should we come together? And, and I'm almost done, man. Simple message why should we come together? Here it is number 1 for spiritual fulfillment. This is why we come together, spiritual fulfillment. Ephesians chapter number 4 verses number 16 from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. Somebody shout every joint. In every, every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in in love man this is so good this is so good watch this grab my hand my sister grab my hand grab my hand grab my hand my brother watch this so so Paul is describing the body as bones in this particular text and there's one thing about bones you you can you can isolate an individual bone and it still be a bone right but there's something special about a bone at the end of it there's certain attachments. That connect with other parts of other bones, Jesus. and this might be foot bone. And this is, y- y'all know, I don't know anatomy and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> y'all know it's some preachers that preach Ezekiel about like, the foot bone ah, connected to the. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not a hooper. I never learned that story. So y'all, <laughs> y'all help me with that. So like the foot bone connects to the ankle ankle bone, ah. And the ankle bone connects to the, ooh. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) So, So watch this. Here's the foot bone, leg bone on the ankle bone. How effective can the foot be if the ankle chooses to disconnect? And and I I just want to, I just want to, Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not what? He says that the church would not be stopped, but this is how the church is going. (laughs) We still moving. We still rolling. Come on, somebody. But we could be a whole lot more effective. If you would come in and not just show up in isolation, but you would actually connect, get involved. Y'all ain't saying that stop coming late and leaving early, but actually connect so we can walk up in this place. And if we connect, we'll do more than just walk, but we will run. Can you say amen to that? This is what we're starting to look like. We're starting to glorify ourselves as beautiful, as a beautiful piece, and this is what we look like. I am a beautiful. Trying to finish my breath. Y'all for me. <laughs> I should have thought that example through. <laughs> We're glorifying ourselves as a beautiful piece when you don't even realize how weird you look. Girl, I can prophesy, I can see through muddy water on a cloudy day. You got a demon, I can lay hands on him. I can cast it out. Y'all ain't saying that. You need a financial miracle, just g- grab one of my prayer cloths. <laughs> and you're glorifying yourself as an individual of peace, but the beauty of who you are is not an isolation of what you can do by yourself, but the beauty of who you are is when you humble yourself as a, watch this, as a member of the local church body and you connect with your brothers and sisters and what you, the Bible declares you bad by yourself because one, can chase a thousand, but two, if they ever join together, can put 10,000, what y'all, a flight. Are y'all with me? And I love that illustration because you would think one, a thousand, two, two thousand, but there's such a power in unifying ourselves together that the number grows exponentially. Not just two thousand when we come together, but ten thousand. Can you say amen? Come on, so why should we come together? Number one, spiritual uh, fulfillment. Number two, watch this spiritual strength. Spiritual strength manifest when we come together the Bible declares iron what y'all here's the thing about iron sharpening iron <laughs> you actually got to make contact and some of y'all are like I don't, I don't want to fool with all them folk and you trying to be sharpened and you ain't being sharpened you becoming more spooky not more spiritual Now, now y'all, y'all just y'all just bear with me. And I, I want to kick against, I want to just talk, highlight something. Um, so this week has been, you talking about a hectic week for your boy. Um, I had class this week, this Monday, Tuesday, um, and Wednesday in New Orleans. And um this class is, oh man, it was the best class, but the most challenging class. Three papers, three presentations I had to do, and then <laughs> One of the presentations, and you don't—you do the presentations, but he assigns you a group when you get there. So you just gotta like know your stuff, right? And and so like a, maybe an hour or you know or so before the presentation, we'll take a break, and he'll say, "Okay, Greg, you with such and such? You guys got 15 minutes to come up with your presentation based off on the material that you read." Okay. So I get connected with this one guy, and evidently he didn't read. <laughs> brother man didn't read yeah so and to be honest this particular one book I didn't read all of it myself but I read some and the part I read I knew very very well so when we come together I'm filling him out he's filling me out so I said so tell me what you gonna do so he tells me what he gonna do and then the part he did read he must didn't read it too well So he tells me what he's going to do. I said, I'm cool with that. And I said, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to do this right here. And so when he gets up to do his part of the presentation, he does, he he don't do all that he said he was going to do. Because evidently he didn't know all of it. He did a piece of what he said he was going to do. And then he started talking about the part I was going to do. So the little presentation that I did have, he did it. Yeah, it wasn't a test of my pastoral ability. It was a test of my Christian character <laughs> because there were words that came to the forefront of my mind. <laughs> 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 we started to- we need- we talking, we talked about iron sharper than iron. I don't know how I got on that. <laughs> That's where I was going with that. So very, very challenging. And so literally every night, because I was, I was playing catch up and not only playing catch up, with the professor, I mean, this dude, he, he says, some, one of the books that he assigned us, um, and, and he he reiterated this fact, he says, I'm not adding greatness to you, I'm trying to pull it out of you. And he was, sho- I felt like this the whole <laughs> seminar. <laughs> he was show pulling. And so, literally, um, since, since Saturday night, last Saturday night, I've stayed up to like one, maybe two o'clock in the morning, just working, Saturday night, Sunday night, pulled, pulled, stayed at one, two o'clock, Monday night, pulled, you know, stayed up to one, two o'clock in the morning, and then Tuesday, um, I had a lot of stuff to do, but my son had a basketball game, and I said to myself, I'm too close not to go, although I got a bunch of work, so I drove over, watched my son play, and uh, y'all, did y'all see that little dunk he did? Y'all see that little dunk? I should have put it on here. I should, yeah. Yeah. Now it was a little travel at the end too. I do want to add that. It was it was one of them LeBron dunks. <laughs> y- y- y'all know LeBron be like, doom,
1: doom, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> See my son get a little dunk at the end. And so that that made it. So I, I get back home. I get back, not home, but get back to New Orleans. And I stay up till about 1.30, 2 o'clock again, just trying to get. And the reason I did that is because it's only so many times that I can tell my son that I'm there with you in spirit. And that's what some of y'all are doing to this church. You saying I'm there in spirit. And I'm telling you the devil is a liar. That only works a couple times. After a while, we're going to know you ain't here not only in physical body, but neither are you here in spirit. Now, I can say that one time, son, I'm with you there in spirit. I'm with you there in spirit. I can say it maybe two times, but about the third or fourth time, mm mm-mm, you ain't here, dad. So as believers, if we're going to actually sharpen one another, you can't sharpen each other via live. You can't sharpen each other doing your own thing at home. You literally got to come together. iron sharpens iron but in order to sharpen one another you actually have to be connected so why should we come together number one spiritual fulfillment number two spiritual strength number three somebody shout corporate blessings now I need y'all to hear your boy up in this place I need y'all to hear me because there are some, some blessings that are only reserved for the people that come together I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you powerful, and in your prayer closet, you can get breakthrough, and you can get some things. But I'm telling you, there are some things that God has in store for you that you won't get until you come together with us. Amen. It's like my wife, when she, when she cooked, and it makes me sick sometimes, she wants everybody to sit at the table. Well, everybody ain't here, and I'm hungry. But we don't eat till everybody come together. So you know what I do? As soon as we get home, I get, get that bath. You better get a bath. I'm put something on you. Y'all get in there. Charity, what you doing? Teresa, get up in here. Greg, get off that game. I said get up in here. They're like, dog, dad, what's up? I'm hungry. That's what's up. <laughs> and we can't eat until we all get at this. Some places only reserved for... Look at this. Matthew 18, 19 says again, I say to you, if how many y'all you by yourself in your prayer closet, you doing your own isolated individual 21 days of prayer? No. If how many y'all two at least two of you agree on earth about anything that you as it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three. Two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst. Acts chapter number two, verses number one, the Bible declares, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, how many y'all? One All, five. with what y'all? One, one accord. accord, where y'all? One. <laughs> All 120 showed up, one place, upper room. Ooh God, this is so powerful. See, I I, I know, see, see what we're doing with the prayer walks. We've, we've split the community up east, north, west we, we walked and prayed the east side this uh, past Saturday um, this upcoming Saturday we're going to do the north side and uh, just in case it, it rains we, we won't walk it, we'll we'll drive it we're going to do a prayer drive-by in the spirit, praise the Lord we're going to throw blessings pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so if it's raining don't be like, well did pastor cancel it? no <laughs> no, we ain't canceling it. And wasn't it amazing? It was threatening to rain Saturday, and it didn't start raining until we got finished. <laughs> yeah, so, so what happened was um, we all came together this Saturday, and that was a great impact on the community because not only were we all together, we had one purpose, bless the people bless every house that we pass just one purpose and i'm expecting i'm expecting some major testimonies to come forth out of the community because of what i mean it has to happen because we all gather together one accord one purpose and watch this because they were all together corporate corporate he didn't send an individual holy spirit to an individual peter an individual person no he sent it on the entire house because they were all together in one with one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were. Something supernatural happened when they all came together. Corporate blessings occur when we come together corporately. So so we began the series last week, and we're staying in the same vein, New Year, New You. Subtitle is Lasting Change Happens Within Context of Relationships. Lasting change. There's some of you guys who really want a spiritual change to happen in your life in 2020. And I, I'm prophesying to you it will not happen in isolation That's because right. God did not create you that way. Right. He created us as the body of Christ. And you can't be an individual hand over here trying to get a breakthrough by yourself. If you, if Come you on, g- foot, if you're going to get a breakthrough, you need to connect to an ankle somewhere. Amen. 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 Mighty God, Lord. Lasting change happens within context. Context of relationship. So so look at this last supernatural thing, and, and I'm almost done. We open with this particular story about that time Herod the King laid violent hands, so persecution is happening. Yeah. He killed James. He captured Peter. He captured Peter. Arrested him, intended to kill him. But something happened. The church intervened. The church intervened. They begin to pray. I don't believe Peter would have got out if collectively they would not have been praying. Would not have happened. So what the Bible calls house church, it still looks like this. This context is just a bigger venue. Watch this. This is just a bigger house when they had opportunities to come together like this in the temple and in the synagogue, they did. But they chose to go into a smaller, confined area. Watch this. Because of persecution. Many of you guys have chosen to go into a small, confined area because of church hurt. You trying to do the same thing, but with the wrong reason. Church hurt, church hurt, <coughs> and I know and I'm being God has given me instructions for today and I'm, I'm almost done. matter of fact, I am done. He's giving me instructions for today because church hurt it's, it's a real thing, and, and I need to speak to it because I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to give this house a chance, oh. just a one-year trial, <coughs> just just a one-year trial. You're gonna live a long time, but just so so you can you can give a test for one year. For one year, throw yourself into everything that God does in this house. Yeah. And at the end of the year, see if your life is not radically spiritually transformed. Don't just be don't don't just <laughs> it, it always amazes me when I go to people and say, Hey my man, what church you go to? I you know, I go to uh, what you call them church. You know, yeah, what you call them you know, Shady, R- yeah, Shady Rivers, Shady, R- yeah, I said, yeah, I heard of Shady R- Who's the pastor? Oh, uh, man, you know the pastor, man, realm so you know Rev, you know realm yeah, So that means he ain't been to Shady Rivers <laughs> in quite a while. He considered it his home church. He considers it his home church. He ain't been there in a while. I had a situation where, um, uh, this particular individual, this was several years ago, they lost somebody in the church, excuse me, they lost somebody in their family, and um, uh, they said they had been trying to contact me um, to, to to perform uh, the eulogy, and I, I didn't get the message. Um, I, I didn't get the message, um, but because I knew what was going on, I showed up at, at the funeral, and um, um, I, I actually paid, played a, a strategic role in the funeral. Um, they didn't know it because they were, I mean, they were out of it. Literally, they were out of the world, um, out of this world. they the, the, the particular individual was standing at the casket, the first person at the casket, and the line was going outside the church. If you can imagine somebody standing here and people just lined up out the door around the church, that's how, and they wouldn't move. And I, and I actually came and I, I helped them facility now they don't remember none of this none of this so about a month later they came to me and they they said pastor I got a bone to pick with you I had somebody to die, and you weren't there and so I I, I said do you not remember me actually pulling you from the casket and sitting with you and praying for you no I don't remember none of that and, and that's okay that's okay, but here was my beef, which I could have brought up, but I chose not to. But here's my beef, baby. I ain't seen you in my church in two years, and you trying to hold me accountable as 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 a faithful pastor, when in my mind, evidently you going to somebody else's church. If, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you going to church, but I ain't seen you here in two years. And you got a beef with me?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I should have a beef with you. Yeah. So she was hurt by that. I was hurt too. So church hurt is a a real thing. Um, I've experienced it. I've had leaders to curse me. Not say a curse word at me, but literally curse me. Leaders that I've, I've served, they curse my future, they curse my destiny. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. <laughs> but that hurt. I carried that scarf for years before I was freed and delivered. Yeah. I've had people, the, the, first, the first leaders I told that I was called to preach and they were, they were part of another church. They literally laughed in my face. You know what they told me? They say, you can't preach, you can't even sing. Jesus. Now, for, for those of us <coughs> with the tradition of certain churches, you know yeah. the preacher, if you're a good preacher, that, that last last five minutes, yeah. ah, <laughs> you understand? he's <laughs> gonna run with that thing. You're going to take that towel and sling it like, I'm coming to a close. I, <laughs> you can't even do that. How you going to? They literally laughed in my face. You think that hurt? Yeah. yeah, it hurt. And it messed with my, I didn't know how bad it messed with my ministry until God revealed it to me. Because you know what I did? I based the success of my ministry off proving them wrong for years. Say it. Say it. And I was very successful, but inwardly for the wrong reason. God had to reveal that thing to me. And God has God has shown me that this this is many people trying to practice this model without the persecution of outside. They're practicing this model because of the pain that happened inside. You know. I, I need you guys to help me with this. And and I'm I'm gonna sit down and then I'm gonna stand up. Watch this. I'm gonna sit down. Matter of fact, everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. You off duty, chat. (laughs) Lab, you off duty. Sit down, man. I'll sit down somewhere. Don't lean back now. Okay. In your church lifetime, in your church lifetime, if you've ever experienced church hurt in any way, be it from a leader, person from the church and experience in the church or whatever I want you to just stand on your feet I'm standing yeah yeah man look at that look at that look at that look at that now on, on one hand one hand the reason you experience church hurt is because God chose to use people. <laughs> and people are Im- imperfect. They have issues. And even in this house, w- we are a progressive ministry. We're, we're doing a lot of things right in within the context of our numbers in this area. But there are some things we've gotten wrong, and there are some things we're currently working on that we need to do a better job at. I admit that. So there's, there's some of you guys. There's some of you guys you're standing um, for this house. And I'm not messed up about that. I should be trying to do better. I should be, condi- that's, that's one of the reasons I, 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 was, I was talking to one of my sons this morning, mm-hmm. and this is what I told him. I said, whoever you consider a great man of God, mm-hmm. he is no greater than the resources that he digests. And I told him from both perspectives, number one, spiritually, receiving downloads from heaven through his prayer, his consecration, his time in the word. And number two, the resources externally that he digests within him. So so if he's a great man of God, it's because what he does spiritually and what he does naturally, this makes him a, a great man of God. So one of the things I continue to do personally is I continue to seek, continue to pray. I'm, 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 I'm in school, yeah, but not just school, even if I wasn't in school. People who teach my classes I'd be connecting with folk like them because I want to be better not excuses but it is an explanation for some a lot of leaders so this is what God told me to do a whole bunch of y'all standing because in some part of your past a leader did something Sunday school teacher um Maybe it was just a fellow fellow member. I just don't what, like the way they looked at my babies in the nursery, okay? So all of us, including myself, this is what I wanted you to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not doing anything strange, but I'm on assignment today. If today, if you're still hurting, if, if you're still if, I, I need you to take honest assessment because God wants to do something in you. I'm telling you, God wants to do something. If you are still aching in some form or fashion, meaning, okay, Jesus touched a man and he says, can you see? He says, yes, but I see men as trees, meaning that I'm still aching. I'm better, but I'm not 100. If you're still aching, remain standing. Don't follow the temptation of the crowd because a lot of people sat down. I'm, I'm watching. I'm sitting down. Da- I'm sitting down spiritually. I'm sitting down because the man who told me this joker told me. Hmm, I ain't gonna even repeat it. <laughs> it. It was. It was. Yeah. It took me a minute. <laughs> it took them twenty years, <laughs> uh, but that doesn't affect me. Matter of fact, the same man of God who said it, I bless him to this day. So, this is what I want to do. All of my intercessors, I want you to just put your hand on the shoulder of the individual that's standing. All of my intercessors, go. Touch, touch. Put a hand on the shoulder. Put a hand on that shoulder. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, intercessors. I got two in the back here. I got one in the back here. Come on. Sister, Lois, t- Put your hand back here on the back, please. Thank you. Mother, in the back, please. Yeah. Jeff, I got mother coming. I got mother coming. Uh, I want ladies on ladies. I want guys uh, with guys. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Chris, I need you on this side here, sir. Beacon bullet in the back. Lights up for a second. We're still alive. You can have Are we still live. We still live. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want the music. I like that. Just real song. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I hear you, Holy Spirit. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Mr. Lim-Lim, come right here.
1: I just right here. Right
0: here.
1: Right your here.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Morning. Yeah. Those, those who are standing, I want you to look up at me. Those who are interceding, I want you to just silently, silently intercede oh, on their behalf. Those blessing. who are standing, I want you to look at me. Because this is what God told me the first thing. I'm going to pray. Myself as well as our prayer team pray for all of you guys today. And this is what I personally ask God for. I ask God for a supernatural healing as opposed to a progressive healing. I know healing is going to start today but I'm asking God not to do it progressively. He can do it a little today, a little next week. I'm asking for something supernatural. The reason being is because we can only run so long without an ankle before we tumble. And somebody have to help us up so we so we like need you now. We need you now. So today I'm asking God for a supernatural, supernatural healing. So here's my assignment. I'm standing today as the man of God, the woman of God, your former pastor, maybe your current pastor years ago. Yeah, let me go ahead and speak to that. Let me speak to me first. I'm just not the same dude I was five years ago we've been here going on 13 years. I'm not the same pastor. And if I personally hurt you, I'm extending an opportunity for you to get to know me again because I'm not that guy anymore. I've changed. I've grown. So I'm standing not only in my stead as the senior pastor of EMCC. I'm standing in the stead of your former pastor, your Sunday school teacher. I'm standing in the stead of the spiritual person within your former church that should have been a little bit more mature than they actually was. And they said some things and they did some things that just was not of God and it hurt you. So instead the state of your former leader, I'm admitting that what I said was wrong. admitting, admitting today that what I did was wrong. I'm not making excuses for what I said, for what I did. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And today I'm asking you to forgive me as your leader, as your pastor, as your Sunday school teacher. As your spiritual mother, as your spiritual father, as your mentor today, I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. The reason I have this stand here because some of the people that need to apologize to you cannot apologize to you because they're in the grave. It would be great if they could, and the reason God has me standing here is because for some of you guys, the leader that needs to apologize is too stubborn to apologize. The leader that cursed me when I finally confronted him on it, you know what he told me? He says, I I don't remember ever saying that. He sat there and he made me look stupid. Back to where we and I started doubting my, I went back to the, the people. There was about four or five people around the table. And I asked him, do, y- do you remember this situation? And I wasn't picking him. I wasn't started. trying to turn them against him. I just wanted to remember, to make sure I remember what I remember. And they said, yeah, Greg, this happened. You said this, he said that. Mm-hmm. Four, four different people said the same thing. Come but he says, I don't even remember ever. I don't even remember being there. We were where? I don't even eat there, he was too stubborn to apologize. I'm but I chose to forgive him anyway. And God is challenging you. Two things. I'm getting ready to pray, but there's two things that God is challenging you to do today. Number one, forgive them. Forgiveness is not a request. It is a biblical, spiritual mandate that you give people the same grace that God has given you. Because just like they offended you, you have offended God. If you put in one scale, on one scale, what they did, not minimizing it, but if you put in one scale what they did and put in the other scale all the things that you did towards God, your sins outweigh theirs towards you. No matter how horrific it was, because your sins towards God required that he give up his life. God didn't ask you to die. I'm not minimizing the pain. I'm just giving you biblical therapy of what you need to do. Number one, you need to forgive. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a, it's a choice. It's not about my feelings. When I forgave him, there was, there was still some feelings, some, some animosity there, but God dealt with that later on. I just made a choice not to hold what he did against him any longer, but in every effort that I could, demonstrate love, So when he throws on special events, I show up. When it's time to give, I give and support it. I have nothing negative to say about him. And watch this. I literally dismiss any negative talk. I don't do that. So that's the first thing God told me to challenge you to do, to forgive. And for those that are listening to me on Facebook Live, I pray. I love you guys so much. And God loves you. And some of you guys are in the situation right now. You're not at home because you, you had to work or no you at home because you decided to do house church and you're not doing house church out of persecution you're doing it out of church hurt and you need sir you need madam to be connected to a local body of believers. We're grateful for technology and if Paul was here today, I'm sure he would do Facebook live videos. I know he would. He would not substitute live for this experience of coming together because too many miracles and blessings happen when we come together. So, with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this place, I just want to give you an opportunity to talk to God. Talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. They sinned in what they did. Now the enemy is trying to get you to sin. Holding a grudge. Come on now. Listen to me.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Come down just a little bit in the house. Come down here on the stage just a Listen to me. Listen to me. There's some of you guys just with that small amount of time. You felt something lift. Just, just that small because you you actually repented of harboring bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. In just that moment, there was something that lifted. You feel better, you release something. There's some of you guys that are still bound, and this is why. The second thing that God spoke to me, not only to forgive the person, but God told me to tell you that today he's requiring you to repent and turn from the idol God of church hurt. You've allowed your pain to become an idol what does an idol god do an idol god you use it to dictate how you do your life and you've allowed church hurt to become an idol that it now dictates all other the relationships it dictates where you go even when you become involved with people in other contexts You limit what you're going to do, how much you're going to reveal of yourself, how much you're going to give, what you're going to receive based off of the God of church hurt. And God says today, I want to take my rightful place back on the throne of your life. And the only way that that can happen is you have to make the choice to demote the God of hurt and promote Jesus Christ as Lord of your life again. God is requiring you to open up your mouth confess the pain that is there we're not minimizing the pain confess the pain but speak to what you have allowed to become an idol in your life denounce it and demote it now in Jesus name Jesus mighty name let's do it now let's do it intercessors cannot help you with this one because this is a choice that you have to make yourself you sir you madam have to choose what god you're going to serve today will you serve the god of your past pain or will you serve the true and living god come on cast it down now it must break now in the name of jesus it must break now in the name of jesus you are an authority figure in the spirit realm whether you've been saved for five minutes or for 50 years if you speak to it well i hope you enjoyed the podcast today and if you did there are just a couple of things i'd love for you to do number one subscribe to our show that way the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are Secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.